this over in Isaiah chapter 64. We're going to begin in verse 1. I want you to kind of highlight this, mark this, keep this in your thoughts and in your prayers because I believe this is a prayer that we all need to begin to pray, all right? And it's uh, Isaiah chapter 64, verse 1 says, Oh, that you would rend the heavens, that you would come down, that the mountains might shake at your presence as fire burns brushwood, as fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries, that the nations may tremble at your presence when you did awesome things for which we did not look. You came down, the mountains shook at your presence, For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by the ear, nor has the eye seen any God besides you. You acts, who, excuse me, who acts for the one who waits for him. You meet him who rejoices and does righteousness, who remembers you in your ways. You are indeed angry for we have sinned. In these ways we continue, and we need to be saved. I know that's kind of a lengthy scripture that I read there, but you need to kind of highlight that and make that a prayer, I believe, that we need to begin to pray that prayer because this is a prayer of intercessions. It's a prayer of repentance. It's a prayer that God would come upon the scene and intercede in the matters of not only your personal matters, but the national matters. We're going to talk. I'm not going to get into prophecy today, but we're going to look at uh, over in Galatians chapter 6. We're going to go to Galatians chapter 6. But I would like for you to highlight Isaiah chapter 64 and remember that that's a prayer of intercession that's a prayer that you're asking God to intercede intervene in the situations of this world and the situations of your life and it's also a prayer of repentance saying look we have sinned we've all fallen short of the glory of God but Lord we're asking you to forgive us we're asking you to save us we're asking you to to uh, wash our slate clean if you will and come upon the scene and help us And we need God to intervene. With everything that's going on in the world today, we need God to intervene. And He is going to intervene. All right? He is going to intervene. Now, I want to take you over to Galatians chapter 6. There's going to be some, we're going to read quite a bit of scripture today. <clears throat> we're going to begin in, uh, I could. We were going to get back to the fruit of the Spirit. I'm going to skip that, though. That's over in Galatians chapter 5. I want to go to Galatians chapter 6, and we're going to look over in verse 7. It says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. We all have heard this scripture. We know this scripture. You've heard it probably all through your life. That God is not mocked. Amen? God is not mocked. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will also reap, or, or will, excuse me, for he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Amen. Now I want you to get this because we're going to tie some things in together. Even even what was in the the little flyer today over in Nehemiah, we want I want you to bring I want to take this and take you back to Nehemiah. All right, and then I want to take you even further back to what Pastor was talking about in the book of Deuteronomy last week a little bit. All right, I want you to begin to expect. Listen, every day you're sowing seed of some sort. It says, "For he who sows to the flesh will." 
of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Every day you get up, you're sowing seed of some sort. Every day. Some good seed, some bad seed. You understand that you can sow bad seed? Okay? You can go buy a pack of seed from somewhere and, and, uh, and, and, and just regular old anything. Yeah, I don't care what kind of seed you get. And it could be bad seed. Okay? So part of it, you know, you might get 50% germination. You might get 30% germination if it's bad seed. That means 70% of that is not going to produce anything. Right? It's bad seed. It's not going to produce anything. And so, but you're still putting it out there. You understand what I'm saying? Most of us, that's what most of us do. We think we're sowing seed, but we're sowing bad seed. Now, we'll get into that a little bit if i got time. But, and so there's, you can sow good seed and you can sow bad seed. You can sow seed that's, that's according to the flesh. Yes. All right? When you sow seed according to the flesh, you're going to reap that seed, but it's, going to, it's, not going to be, it's not going to be of the spiritual nature. A lot of times we're sowing seed that we think is spiritual when it's actually fleshly. When it's actually fleshly. And we're surprised by the results that we get. Because in, in our mind, we're thinking we're sowing good seed. When in all reality, we're sowing bad seed. Now, I don't have time to get too far, but you understand the concept of that, right? Because we're sowing it from our mind and not from our heart. We're sowing it from our thoughts and not from the, what the Word of God says. We're sowing it from our condition and not from a godly condition. We're sowing it from a physical attitude and not the fruit of the Spirit attitude. What's the fruit? Let's go back there real quickly. Fruit of the Spirit, Galatians chapter 5. See, I've been dealing. I, I tell you guys, I get in trouble a lot. <laughs> but I, I've been dealing with more of, of uh, let's go back. Let's back up to, to verse uh, 19. Galatians chapter 5, verse 19. It says, Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, guilty, <laughs> guilty. <laughs> uh, I won't even tell you all about that, so. No, 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 no. Selfish ambitions, guilty, all right, selfish ambitions dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, on the verge. <laughs> Not there yet. Um, you know, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. All right? Those are the fleshly... That's what it says. That's not my words. That's, that's the Bible's words. That people that practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So, in saying what I've said, you've got to be quick to repent. <laughs> so so when, you, when you feel like choking somebody, you've got to say, God, forgive me. All right. Now, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit, and most of it, you can sow seeds out of that description that I just read, fleshly seeds. 
Okay, you can seeds can be sowed out of out of that. Yeah, and it does grow. It, it, whatever you sow is going to it's it's you're going to reap a harvest from whatever you sow, whatever seed you sow. All right, might be good, might be bad, but you're going to reap a harvest. The Bible says. Now it says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control. Against such there is no law. So we've got to be very careful in the seed that we're sowing. It's got to be good seed. Rooted in the word of God as we sow that seed. All right. For he, once again, Galatians chapter 6 verse 8. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. Now verse 9. This is where a lot of us get caught up as well. Verse 9, let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. God has a season. The Bible tells us that God has seasons. Go to uh, uh, Ecclesiastics and it's gonna, there's, a, there's a season for everything, a time and a season for everything. There's a time to be born and a time to die, Right? A time to tear, a time to rend, a time to mend back, sew back together. There's a time and a season for everything. God has a time and a season for everything. All right? Now, we don't understand God's timing. We don't understand, I mean, we know the seasons as, as we know them. As, you know, there's spring, there's summer, you know, fall and winter, winter as we know them. All right? But we don't understand the seasons as God understands the seasons. God has a time and a season for everything. All right. Now, I want to take you. I, I got to hurry here. I got to take you over. I want to read this real quickly. God has a timetable for every seed we plant. His timetable is not always our timetable. Sometimes the due season means a quick return. That means your seed is planted and you see almost an immediate return from that seed. All right. Most of us, when we talk about seed planting, we're talking about money. We're talking about tithing. We're talking about giving. All right. And most of us, most of us, I won't say all of us, but uh, most of us, when we get in that mentality, you'll hear a message like this and then you'll plant seed. You'll put, you'll put money in the offering or you'll do something like that. And then you'll wait and nothing seems to happen. And then you're thinking, well, this doesn't work. All right. And that's not what I'm talking about here. I'm not talking about money per se. Money is a part of it, but it's only just a part of it. All right. So sometimes you'll see it. Now, most of the time when you'll see a quick return is, is you'll be praying for somebody. You'll lay hands on somebody. Now, this is not every case, but on a quick return, you'll see an answer to prayer a lot of times very quickly. Not every time, not all the time but you'll see a quick return. Sometimes there's a quick return on the seed that's planted. Sometimes you'll plant a seed, and I've heard stories of people planting seed and then getting a, a, a financial gain that is very substantial. All right? I, I have experienced myself times when we've planted seed, and I'm not, I'm not talking about no million dollars, but I have seen God move in ways where it could only be God. Okay? 
Sometimes the due season means a quick return. Sometimes it means a slow return that may take years or it may even take a lifetime. It may even take a lifetime. But we can count on three things, all right? Three things we can count on. And just listen, you want to jot these down, that's fine. God will cause, a, number one, God will cause a harvest to come from our seeds. Whatever seed is planted... Whatever seed is sown, there's going to be a harvest come from it. God will cause a harvest to come from that seed. All right? Number two, God is never early and He's never late. He's always right on time with our best interest at heart. God's timing is not our timing when we sow seeds. All right? Understand that it's in due season. Now... Third, our harvest will have the same nature as the seed sown. Your harvest will have the same nature as the seeds that you've sown. Whatever you're putting out there, let me, let me put it this way. If you're having a very difficult time and it seems like only bad things are happening, check your seed. Number one thing, check your seed. See what seed you're putting out there. Now, I'm not saying that it's always going to be bad seed. I'm just saying that's the number. A lot of times we just want to blame the enemy. We want to blame, well, Satan's just doing this and the enemy's doing this. And Check your seed and see what seed you're scattering, what you're sowing. And if you're sowing good seed, then you know that the enemy is attacking you. If your seed is not so good or questionable, then you can begin to say, hey, Maybe I need to go and buy some new seed and put new seed. See, it's silly if you've, got, if you've got a big old bag of seed and you know that the germination of that seed is only 30%, amen, and you're looking at 70%, you want at least 70% germination. It is ridiculous to keep sowing that from that bag of seed that you know is just going to germinate 30% of the time. Go and get you some new seed that's going to germinate 70, 80, 90%. You see what I'm saying? You've done increased your harvest, by uh, doubled your harvest by the seed, changing the seed that you sow. Does that make sense to anybody? Check the seed that you, sow, that you are sowing and make sure that it's good seed. All right? But God, uh, our, our harvest will have the same nature as our seeds sown. Good seeds bring good harvest. Bad seeds bring bad harvest. All right, now real quickly, what are we to do during the growing time of our seeds? Number one, refuse to become discouraged. All right, refuse to become discouraged. I will not become discouraged. I will stand with my feet planted upon the word of God and believe God's word that if I'm sowing good seed, I'm going to reap a good harvest. I will not be moved by this anything else that if I'm in the word of God, if I'm doing it by the, by the fruit of the spirit, if I'm walking and talking and doing everything by the fruit of the spirit, I'm sowing good seed, then my harvest is going to come back a good harvest. Amen? I will refuse to to be moved by any other circumstances, my, I'm going to believe and expect a good harvest. 
Determined to keep our faith alive and active. Determined, I will keep my faith alive and active. Landon, we just put a garden out spring, right? You know, I think you worked out mics and then you helped me down to house and, and different things. And then it got really hot, right? And you told me mic stuff kind of, and I've been busy as well. So what happens is you get busy and you quit watering that seed. You quit watering those plants that have now grown up and began to produce life, if you will. You get busy, circumstances arise, life happens, things happen, and you get busy and quit watering the plants, right? What happens, what do you think happens to those plants when it's 100 degrees outside and you're not putting any water on them? Doesn't take long. It doesn't take long before that ground gets uh, hard and brown, you know, light brown colored and hard, and it, it's not producing any, the plants can't get any life. And that plant begins to die, begins to, to turn brown and begins to, to shrivel and shrink. That's what happens with a lot of our seed, is we quit watering our seed. In the midst of drought, we quit watering the seed. When you ought to be watering even more during those times, we quit watering. And before long, your seed has, has shriveled. Amen? So don't lose faith. Don't lose faith. Give and keep on giving. Love and keep on loving. Know this, a harvest is guaranteed. Continue in an attitude of expectancy. Harvest is guaranteed, whether it's good or whether it's bad. Amen? Now, in saying that, I want to take you real quickly to Nehemiah. I'm not going to keep you long because we've got a lot to do here. I want to take you to Nehemiah. This is something as, that I've seen here. And God had taken me over to... Uh, Galatians last week and our pastor kind of touched on these things last week with, the, with talking about the curse and Jesus you know the breaking the curse and we're no longer under the curse and taking us to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 28 and I want to finish up there in Deuteronomy chapter 28 today but I want to take you over to uh, the, the book of Nehemiah Nehemiah chapter 4 if you will I want you to understand this because this has also to do with what we're talking about today, sowing seed and not giving up and not being discouraged and not quitting in the midst of hardship and not quitting when things are, are becoming tough or when things are becoming difficult. A lot of us want to quit. When things become difficult, we want to quit. We want to throw our hands up in the air and say, this is not working. God is not hearing me. God must not be moving on my behalf and things aren't working the way I think they should be working. So I just want to lay down everything and I want to quit and I want to go on my merry way. Amen. But the Bible says if we don't give up, if we don't quit, if we keep pushing through and you keep sowing seed and you keep expecting a, a good harvest, a good return from that seed, God said over in the book of Galatians that you're going to get a, a harvest. You're going to get a return on that. <laughs> 
Amen. But you're going to have to persevere. You're going to have to push through. You're going to have to keep doing what you know is right in the time and the day in which we live. Amen. You're going to see God begin to move in mighty and miraculous ways. I expect God here in this church this morning to move in a mighty and miraculous way for people. Amen. I believe that people are, when we lay hands on them here this morning, after we receive communion, that healing is going to manifest in the bodies of those people that need healing in their bodies today. Amen. I believe that, that if you need a miracle in your life today is your day you're not here by accident amen that God is here on the scene amen God's word will not fall to the ground and not produce a harvest amen his word will not return unto him void amen but it will accomplish that that it's set out to accomplish amen when God's word is spoken and when God's word is received and when God's word is believed amen there is no choice but for something to happen and transpire and take place has to it has to but don't give up over in in uh, Nehemiah over in uh, you can see and I won't go through all this today and begin reading in chapter 3 and you're going to see where there's a list of people that so and so stood by 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 so and so now what were they doing Nehemiah was bringing a group of people back to Jerusalem to rebuild the wall, to rebuild the city, to rebuild the temple, to rebuild what had been broken down. What the enemy had went in and destroyed, amen, Nehemiah was given the commission to go back and rebuild it. You go back and rebuild it. Whatever you need, the king told Nehemiah, whatever you need, I'll give you. Go back and rebuild it. Now understand this, anytime you begin to work on God's behalf, anytime you begin to step out in faith, anytime you begin to exercise that faith, anytime you begin to pray for your family, your friends, yourself, there's going to be a force that comes against you and tries to stop you and tries to hinder you from accomplishing that which is a God-given commission to go forth. What does he say over, what's the Bible say over in the book of Mark, chapter 16? It says, I want you to go out and I want you to lay hands upon the sick. I want you to cast demons out of people. Right? All these things he expects us to do. And when sometimes when you begin to start doing it, when your faith gets to a level, you say, you know what? I'm going to do this. God, and you begin to stay. And it seems like, man, as soon as you do it, understand that there's an enemy out there that does not want you to accomplish that God-given mission. Nehemiah was given a commission by the king to go back and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And as soon as they get there, they begin to have problems. All right? And so if you read through here, you will see where all these people, all these houses, clans, call them what you want, begin to come and they begin to stand side by side by side by side. And they begin to rebuild the wall. All right? Read through chapter 3. You'll see what I'm talking about. Now, get to chapter 4. Word gets out that, hey... These people are actually doing what they said they were going to do. 
You understand, listen to me, understand that most people, even the enemy, won't do anything because most of the time we're just talking. Most of the time it's just empty words that are falling out. Most of the time you come to church on Sunday, you hear some sort of message and you think, I'm going to change, I'm going to... But it's just words. The enemy knows you're not going to change. The enemy knows as soon as you leave the church doors, you're going right back to what you were doing. The enemy knows that come tomorrow morning, you're going to be right back in the mess that you were last week. That you really have no intention of building the wall. Amen? But when you begin to put your hand to it. When you finally say, hand me a stone. Hand me that, hand me that trial. Hand, hand, me, hand me that mortar. Hand me another stone. And you finally begin to lay the groundwork. Then, chapter 4, then, but so it happened when Sambalot heard what we were rebuilt, that we were rebuilding the wall, that he was furious and very indignant and mocked the Jews. As soon as the enemy literally begins to see you, hey, hand me that stone. Hey, I'm going to go spend 30 minutes in prayer. Hey, turn off my phone, turn off the TV. Leave me, just shut the door and let me be for 10 minutes. You understand what I'm saying? What are you doing? You're saying, hand me a stone. Hand me some mortar. See, when you just talk about it, nobody cares. Even the enemy doesn't care. He don't care. Talk about it from now till, till the return of Jesus. I don't care that you're talking about it. If anything, it helps me. Talk more about it and don't do anything. You understand what I'm saying? The enemy will encourage you. Talk it. Tell everybody what you're going to do and then sit back in your recliner and don't do anything. Why? Because it, 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 just, it just says, look, look what they're saying and look what they're doing. Look what they're saying and look what they're doing. If anything, it's helping him. But when you finally say, you know what, I'm going over here. I'm going to get down. And I'm going to spend some time in prayer. And I don't want to hear anything from out here for a while. What you're literally saying is, God, hand me a stone. I'm building something here. And when the enemy begins to see you, the first time you hit your knees, the enemy's going to see you. And the phone's going to ring. Somebody says, I need you. Hey, I know you need me, but you're going to have to wait 10 minutes. I know you want to talk to me, but you're going to have to wait 10 minutes. I know my television program's on, but I'm going to have to shut it off. What are you saying? You're saying, hand me a stone. I'm building something here. And every time you hit your knees, you're putting another brick up on the wall. 
and in the times when you're feeling down and when you're feeling you're struggling, go back to chapter 3 and you'll see where so-and-so was next to so-and-so, was next to so-and-so, was next to so-and-so. Why? Because they would gain strength. And if you read on from there, if you read on from there, let's, let's, let me read on. I got to hurry. I got to finish. And he spoke before his brethren, verse 2, and the army of Samaria and said, What are these feeble Jews doing? Will they fortify themselves? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they complete it in a day? Will they revive the stones from the heaps of the rubbish, stones that are burned? And it goes on and they begin to mock them and they begin to ridicule them and they begin to try to instill fear into them. Even to the point to where Nehemiah said, look, half of us are going to work on the wall and half of us are going to hold our spear and shields and we're going to guard over those that are working on the wall. You understand what I'm saying? So you had half of the people now working on the wall and half of the people looking out and saying, if, in the, if the enemy comes anywhere around, we're going to defend the, our brethren. What am I saying? I'm saying find somebody that you can stand shoulder to shoulder with and in the times that you're feeling down, they can lift you up and hold you up and say, you know what, I'm here. I've got my spear and my shield. You continue on with what you're doing. You continue on and you begin to draw strength from one. Now, your strength is from the Lord, but there's always something. The Bible says that one will put a thousand to flight and two ten thousand. The Bible says that a three-strand cord is not easily broken. There's something about when God's people come together. But if you read on, you'll see where they begin to rebuild the wall and um, things begin to come against them and attacks and, and, and ridicule and fear mocked where you feel like you don't even want to open your mouth. Well, God, I would, but they're going to laugh at me. Well, God, I would, but they're going to... They're, I, I, don't, I don't know that it's going to work. I don't know that it's going to... I would, I would, but, but I can't. But the Bible says, so in verse uh, chapter 6, Nehemiah chapter 6, um, verse 15, it says, So the wall was finished, and I'm skipping a bunch of stuff here. But it says, So the wall was finished on the 25th day of Elul in 52 days. 52 days from start to completion with all the problems and all the attacks and all the words and the fear that was tried. In 52 days... That people had a mind to work and they began to build the wall. In 52 days, the Bible says, the wall was completed. Folks, that's, that's God. Understand, that's God. 52 days. Now, real quickly, because I know we've got to do communion. I want to turn you back to the, uh, Deuteronomy, book of Deuteronomy. I want you to understand this. I'm not going to keep you here long, but I want you to understand this. Highlight this. Mark this down. Get up and remind yourself every day of what God's Word says. Now, I brought you, I brought you to this. We've talked about Galatians. We've talked about sowing and reaping. We've talked about rebuilding the wall. Don't grow weary in doing good. For in due time or due season, you're going to reap a harvest. 
Expect the enemy to try to distract you. Expect the enemy to try to dissuade you. Expect the enemy to, when you begin to ask for the stone, when you begin to say, give me the stone, expect the enemy to try to distract you to where I, 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 just, I, I just don't have time. I, I just don't have the time for this. But do not grow weary in doing good. Do not, do not lose heart. Do not lose faith. Amen. And in due season, you're, listen, the church is, about to ready, is, is, is just about ready to come through uh, some horrific times. Let me put it that way. Some, some horrific times. But it's going to be the finest hour of the church. It's going to be one of the most difficult times in history. But believe me, the church is going to shine. The church is going to, you're going to shine brighter than you have ever shown before. God is going to endue you with power from on high. Look, get ready for the book of Acts a continuance. God is going to endue His church, His bride, His people with a power like we have never known since the time of the book of Acts. You, get ready for it, folks. I want you to understand this, and, and I'm closing out here, but I want you to take, take you back to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 28. Pastor talked about this last week. I want you to get this, understand this. With everything that I, I, we've said here that today over in the book of Galatians, you're, the seeds that you've sown, sow good seed. Expect a good harvest. Don't grow weary in doing good. Put your hand to the plow, so to speak. Don't begin to rebuild the wall that has been broken down. You understand there's so much disarray in the church today. Well, if you don't believe this, then this. If you don't believe that, then, you know, this over here. Well, so-and-so and so-and-so and so. Don't matter. I'm not following so-and-so. I'm following Christ. I'm not following, you know, this or that person. I'm following Christ. Amen? So if somebody falls, don't push them further down. Lift them up. Now, in verse 28, verse 1, it says, Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all His commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you on high above all the nations of the earth, earth and the blessings shall come upon you and shall overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Now, I'm not going to read through. We all have heard know the blessings. What I want to do is I want to skip down. I want you to understand. I want you to remember this. We've heard it time and time and time and time again. But it seems like we just can't get it through our thick skulls. Amen? It really does. It just seems like we just can't get it through our head. We've heard it, we've heard it, we've heard it, we've heard it, we've heard it. 
but I want you to get this down into your heart, into your spirit. I want you to write this down. I want you to remember this. I want this. I want you to speak this over yourself and over your family every morning you get up and every night you go to bed until you begin to understand that God is for me and God is not against me. God is, has saved me. He's not condemned me. God has rescued me from the curse and I am no longer, as our pastor talked about last week, I am no longer under the curse of the law anymore. I have been set free. I have been delivered. My chains are broken, thank God. I am now a child of the Most High God. I am an heir and joint heir with Jesus Christ that all the promises that were given unto Abraham, amen, I have been grafted into the family of the living God, amen, and I am no longer of this world I have been separated I am sanctified I am set apart amen I have been justified I have been glorified amen I have been redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ I am no longer the person that I was before I may say have some of my same attributes I might still have some of my same problems amen some of my old attitudes might still be there but I am no longer the same I have been changed by the blood of Jesus Christ that now flows through my veins see when the word tells us we've been grafted in it's it's more than just the Bible talks about the spirit of adoption but when you graft something into something you become a part of that so now what it was you've been grafted into is now sustaining you and feeding you and you have now become one So you say, how can I say that the blood of royalty runs because I've been grafted into the family of God? So over here, verse 12, Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 12. I want you to get this. I want you to understand this. I want you to speak this. Listen, a lot of us know it. A lot of us understand it, we, but we don't speak it. I want you to begin to open your mouth every morning and begin to speak the blessings of God over your life and over, over your children's life, over your family's life. But get up and say, in verse 12, says, The Lord will open to you His good treasures, the heavens, to give rain to your land in its seasons and to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. Verse 13 says, And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. That means I'm going to re be repositioned. I'm going to be reconfigured. I'm going to be the head and not the tail. Many of us wake up every morning and feel like the tail. Amen. We feel like the tail end of, 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 of uh, the whole world. Amen. But God says, I will make you the head and not the tail. He says, I will literally reposition you to where you're coming from the bottom and, and I'm going to place you up on top. Amen. I'm going to turn your situation around. He says that I will make you, and this is what God says, and the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not beneath. You shall be above only, not on certain days, not just in a little while, not just for a day or, or whatever, but God says I will make you above only and not beneath. 
if you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and carefully, and do carefully to observe them. God will cause his blessings to come upon you. You will be the head and not the tail. You will be a lender and not a, 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 not a borrower. You, will, you, will, you won't even know exactly where it's coming from, but God will begin to rain down a blessing upon your life. Amen. It might not just be monetary, but, it might, it, it, but it, it, part of it is tied to monetary. But God will rain down a blessing in your life that you might not even, even understand where it's coming from, where you have to say, that can only be God. Could only be God. God knows the times and the seasons. God knows our heart. God knows the intentions. Not only does God know our heart, but He knows the intentions of our heart. A lot of us put on a fake face every day. And we try to go around and show people how good we are. Really. When on the inside, we're black, we're stained, but we're always trying to put out a projection of I'm good, I'm good. God wants to get down in the inside and begin to turn that around. And when you put something good, it's going to be good. It's going to be good through and through, from top to bottom, from inside to out. And when we begin to allow God to do that in our lives, you're going to receive a harvest. Listen, you're going to receive a harvest that is going to be unimaginable and uncontainable. We all need money to live, right? I mean, that's just part of this life. And it's nice to have money. Wish everybody, I wish me, man, I wish everybody in this church was a millionaire. You know, I, I, I do. I, I wish, you know, you know, I really do. And, and, but you know, if, if truly, and I'm not trying to ring my bell, I ain't. Nothing like, but if you gave me the choice in having a million dollars and seeing people healed, give me the healings. Amen. You give me the choice of having a million dollars and me not having my problems and seeing other people set free and delivered and entering into the, you give me that. Keep your money. Keep, keep your money. I'm going into a place where the streets are made of gold. I'm going, you don't understand what I'm saying? This is not my home. I'm here for, for a short time. I'm going, my home, my streets are paved with gold. If I need anything, I'll just go out and pick up a piece of gold off the street. You understand what I'm saying? My streets are paved with gold. I, give, me the, give me the healings. Give me the deliverance. 
give me the, the joy where, where, people, where people are walking around with smiles on their face instead of walking around all slumped over with their burdens weighing them down. Give me the, give me the peace. Listen, you can have all the money in the world, but you don't have peace of mind. What good is it unto you? Give me the peace that can only come through the Lord Jesus Christ.